manager knows how to sell. Mm -hmm. Their salespeople come to them. Manager doesn't know how to coach, but they sure know how to sell. So what's the first thing out of their mouth? Hey, you want to know what? Uh, I'd love to help you. As a matter of fact, I've been in this position before. Uh, here's what worked for me. So this will work for you as well. And what we just did is one of the most toxic things that managers do in sales coaching, which is coach in their own image. Hey, welcome back to Stop Killing Deals. This is the second episode on the topic of coaching. And today we will be talking to Keith Rosen. Keith is the CEO of Profit Builders, has trained, I think, hundreds of thousands of salespeople and managers on six continents, 75 countries, and in basically any industry you can imagine. Some of you might know him from his best-selling books, including Coaching Salespeople into Sales Champions. And that book was the winner of five international best book awards and has been the number one selling sales management book on Amazon.com since 2009. Pretty impressive. Keith's philosophy on developing high-performance teams is simple. Sales training does not develop sales champions. Managers do. If companies really want to develop and retain top talent, win more sales, maintain their competitive edge, they first have to make their managers into world-class executive sales coaches. With that said, let's introduce and say hi to Keith Rosen. Thank you, George. So nice to have you. And I love your background, but I'm not going to ask you any questions about it because <laughs> I'm sure we're going to spend all the time of the show just talking about it. That would be an entirely different session, George. We could call that music coaching, okay? Musical coaching is another episode. In this first quarter of Stop Killing Deals, uh, we have focused on topics related to the individual performer, the person, the salesperson or the sales manager. We've talked about fear, which is a very fascinating topic. We've also talked about cognitive biases and how our brain makes shortcuts that aren't always good for us <laughs> when it comes to making decisions. And on the last episode, we focused on the topic of coaching and we spoke to Shell Ehrenhager, who uh, spent a lot of time coaching golfers on how to improve. And uh, what we did was he shared a, a coaching framework that he has developed over the years. But I had two questions. And the first question I had for him was how would you know that you as an individual need an external coach to get to the next level? And mm -hmm. the other one that we talked about a bit was, why do we not reach the goals that we mm -hmm. set up? And so, so often, he mentioned a number of 90% of personal goals that we set up, we don't reach. Mm -hmm. so we had a chat about that and, and uh, very fascinating. And now I want to bring this back to sales, of course, which is why we have you on board. I can't think of anyone who's better suited to talk oh, about sales coaching you. than you. So what do you think? I mean, looking at sales coaching specifically, mm -hmm. how would a salesperson or a manager know when to bring in external help to sort of get to that next level of performance? Uh, well, I could tell you uh, when it's too late, and that's typically when uh, the companies or the salesperson or the sales managers at a point where they're stuck or they're they're hitting the wall with something and they're not able to move forward. Uh, they've exhausted all their internal resources, and then finally they're thinking, "Wow, maybe I should go out and, and reach out and get an expert." Uh, yeah. You see, by then it's too late. So the question is, when do people need a coach? Today, right now. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, especially uh, with all the uncertainty and and uh, fear, as you were mentioning before, uh, people need more than ever to have that unconditional partner in their corner supporting them uh, throughout throughout this process. And uh, unfortunately, not only are salespeople not getting it from their manager, but we can't blame the manager also because they're not getting it from their boss. Yes. And what about the, um, I mean, we, we read a lot about coaches or not coaches specifically, we, we read about salespeople and sales teams who don't reach their targets. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of statistics on the, uh, on social media on this. Uh, so when Shell stated that 90% of personal goals are not reached, uh, how, how do we bring that back to sales? We know that salespeople, most of them, or yeah, most of them, that's what the statistics says, don't reach their mm-hmm. uh, quota. So they don't mm-hmm. reach their goals. Why do you think this is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, first of all, it's actually increased over the pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was, gosh, I remember back, was it 2019, only 60, what was it? 68% of salespeople missed their goals. Mm-hmm. Now it's up to about 78 to 80%. And the reason why is because while every organization is changing the way they buy, companies are not changing the way they sell. As a matter of fact, uh, I think the statistic was, again, about about 74% of companies have changed the way they buy and go through procurement. But only 17% of organizations and sales organizations have have adopted to the new landscape and changed their sales process. Change is really hard. If there so is, it is a- hard. And, and so, so, you know, let's back to your point. What yeah. What's the, the greatest obstacle that, that gets salespeople, uh, uh, you know, sabotage or prevents them from uh, reaching the next level of success? Uh, unfortunately, it's the manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what causes the manager to fail in, in, in his or her role? We are, we are, uh, we, we have been saturated in a, in a fear-based culture, not only at work, but at home. And uh, first of all, there is no more line between work at home. There's, there's no more personal life and professional life. There's just like, you know, you're in my office here is my happy place as well. You know, we've never had the opportunity to have so much visibility in people's homes before. And, you know, when you look at the managers, unfortunately, uh, this further um, permeates the result-driven KPI metrics-obsessed culture uh-huh. that every organization struggles with. This is a global epidemic. I would challenge any company to say that, oh, come on, you're not, you're not a result-driven culture. You're really process-driven and people-driven. There's a reason why less than 1% of all companies have a true coaching culture. So now you compound the, the drive for the results, the drive to hit their quota, yeah. With the additional fear, with all the uncertainty in the marketplace, mm-hmm. they're not getting the support that they need and pushing harder and doing more of the wrong thing faster is not going to get you to your goal. No. And, and, and that's fascinating when you bring up a coaching culture. How would you define that? What's a coaching culture? It's a great question. So uh, uh, actually, I was, I was just on the phone with a global organization. I was speaking to the, uh, d- literally an hour ago, director of sales enablement. And uh, she was sharing with me, you know, what her needs were in the organization and wanting to, you know, support the managers, especially more than ever now when they're struggling with what new conversations do I even need to be having with my people? Mm-hmm. And my first question is, okay, may I ask you, what is your company's universal definition of coaching? Yeah. Uh, Simon. We don't have one. Yeah. Well, okay. So 
so you're saying you your people are coaching, your managers are coaching, but you don't have the evidence. Disengagement is increasing. People are feeling more isolated. Numbers are going down, but you're telling me you're coaching? No. So, you know, how do you know when you're coaching? You know, you're coaching when you're A, you're having fun again at your job. I always tell managers, we have the same job. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe mine's a private practice, but both of our jobs are about making people more valuable than they were yesterday, making them more valuable than they you know were yesterday every single day. And if you're showing up as a manager or a salesperson and, and you're not feeling that, you're, you're not coaching. And I, and I want to also bring to your point, George, because I know we, you really want to hone on this. The evolution of sales training is not more sales training. Okay, right. the evolution of sales training. I've been saying this for 15 years. Now it's now it's not the evolution. It's here is if you're not even training your salespeople uh-huh. how to become great coaches so they can coach their customers to succeed. Yeah, you're you're already behind. You're already behind. Yeah. One thing that Shell said in the last episode, which I found was very interesting, is when we talked about goals and not achieving the goals. Uh, he, pointed uh, he pointed out the importance, out the importance of follow-up, of follow-up. Mm-hmm. and that we sometimes don't follow up well enough mm-hmm. uh, in, in um, yeah, whatever goal we're trying to accomplish. And, and that's where also having someone external could really be beneficial, someone mm-hmm. really holds, holding you to what you've said you would do to reach your, your own target that you hopefully have set up yourself and, and are aligned to. What, what, and how do you relate that back to sales and sales coaching and management? Sure. So bringing that back and per- perfect transition is, is again, the, it's the manager's job is the same as the external coach's job. And I think especially more than ever today, um, managers don't often recognize what their people need mm-hmm. um, and what they need to give them now because they're not getting it themselves. Okay. So when you, when you bring it back to, uh, you know, follow up and accountability and coaching many times, Managers, they need to, um, while of course their their primary responsibility is to approach their people and ask them, you know, in this new world, in our remote world, how can I best support you? How are you, how are you turning off work at the end of the day? How are you setting boundaries at home? How are you taking care of yourself? And how can I be the best manager and coach, you know, in our new remote environment? Managers aren't having that conversation because no one's having it with them. And companies don't even think about having these conversations. But these are the new critical conversations managers need to have because the new sales strategy and the new sales leadership strategy is care. That's the one thing statistics are showing more and more. I did many surveys. That's what people want more than ever. Um, They want the the care, the dependability, uh, the the reliability, uh, and, and feeling like they're being supported unconditionally. And that goes true with your with your customers. You know, they're struggling just like we are. We need to be able to foster those deeper, more intimate, personal conversations uh, because otherwise we're failing them. And, And that's what they really need. So when you bring it back to sales management, a lot of times because managers are not getting what they need, it's up to the salesperson, George, for them to go coach up. They have to go to their manager and enroll them in how they want to be coached and be supported because they, that salesperson might be waiting their entire career for that manager to show up and finally realize, Hey, you know, I should go out and talk to George because, you know, I think he needs my help. Um, no, we need to be proactive. Salespeople need to be proactive and, and seek out the help. 
from your peers, from your manager, and and you know share with them how they want to be coached, motivated, held accountable. So would uh, you say that that managers, sales managers in general, don't know what good coaching looks like, sounds like, feels like? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, one one hundred percent. Where would they? Who would coach them then? Who, who's responsible for coaching the the sales managers? Would you say? Other than me. Other than you, another <laughs> uh, it would be, uh, listen, you know, avalanches roll downhill. You know, yeah. why is CEO confidence at an all time low? Well, we can talk about confidence because that's a social construct, which is broken. But, you know, if the coaching doesn't start from the top, yeah. you know, it, it flows downward. So mm-hmm. you compound that with fear and, and, you know, the drive to get results and save sales and acquire new business in this marketplace which breeds fear that just trickles down mm-hmm. and now managers are feeling that pressure. So what are they doing? They're putting the same pressure they're feeling from their manager right. onto their salespeople. When in fact their role is to truly protect their salespeople from the pressure that they're feeling from the top. Mm-hmm. That's their role to insulate them. Mm-hmm. And it's their role then as a manager, as I said before, just like it's a salesperson's responsibility to go up and coach up, to ask the manager um, and, and request yeah. a conversation on, on how that manager can be the best manager for them. Yeah. You know, that holds true with the sales manager to their sales leader and right. to their sales leader, yeah. you know, because, you know, most companies, and again, I, I lost count how many times I get on a call and, you know, I ask them, what's your universal definition of coaching? We don't have one. Okay, what's your coaching framework that's adopted company-wide? We don't have one. Right. So then what are you doing? What do you, oh, Keith, well, we call coaching this. Um, we have people that, you know, our managers, they go to their direct reports and they're speaking to their directs and uh, they say, okay, great. This is a great coaching moment. I'm going to put my coaching hat on now. Here's what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting. What, and you're a salesperson, you're going to your manager and instead of getting that coaching that you're hoping to get, you get directions, do this, do that. I, when I was in your role, I did this. You should do the same. What are you going to do? You know, it's amazing, George. I've never heard managers ever do this before. <laughs> I, I hope my sarcasm is translating. <laughs> yeah. And this is the challenge. You see, because, and, and it's the global epidemic, top salesperson gets promoted to management. Yeah. Manager is not trained at all in coaching, or they went through a coaching workshop. Yeah. Manager knows how to sell. Mm-hmm. Their salespeople come to them. Manager doesn't know how to coach, but they sure know how to sell. So, what's the first thing out of their mouth? Hey, you want to know what? Uh, I'd love to help you. As a matter of fact, I've been in this position before. Uh, here's what worked for me. So, this will work for you as well. Right. And what we just did is one of the most toxic things that managers do in sales coaching, which is coach in their own image. Yeah. Because now they're not tapping into people's individuality. They're building robots and they're building mini me's uh, on top of the fact that they're not tapping into people's problem solving skills or critical thinking. So you compound that with what we were talking about earlier with this pressure to produce results. Managers believe they don't have time to coach. And here's the thing. Mm I always say to managers, if you think you don't have time to coach, then you're never coaching because yeah. coaching is simply a language. Yeah. And, and even worse, I see sales managers sometimes 
even doing the job for the salesperson, jumping in and sort of taking over. Well, and, and that's being, yeah, and that's them being the chief problem solver because managers are like heat seeking missiles. They like to search out for challenges because that's what they feel their value is. And then they go in and solve the problem. And then what do they hear? Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Manager, I don't know how I would live without you. You're the best, you're the greatest. And it's an ego play. They feel yeah. the love and they feel like, well, wait a second. If I empower all my people and they're independent and self-accountable, then I'm making myself redundant. Well, that's correct. Your, yeah. your job is to make yourself redundant because yeah. you're supposed to be working with your people so they can do their job and you're supporting them throughout the process, which is back to your question before, which is why coaching is, is the foundation of success for any sales organization. Yeah. And it's interesting when, when you said that a, a manager, a sales manager often doesn't know what good coaching looks like. So I'm a, if I'm a salesperson I need, and I feel that I need coaching okay, and I go to my sales manager, or mm -hmm. if I have an external coach, I go to an external coach, or I just want to find a good coach. Okay. How do I identify a good coach? Ah, how do you identify a good how coach? How do I identify a good coach? I, uh, to me, um, the best coaches uh, model what's possible for others to achieve. And the exemplary world-class coaches, I believe you can't take someone where you haven't been yourself. Hmm. So, you know, I'm not even going to go on a rant about the, 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 the state of affairs in the coaching profession uh, because it's pretty pathetic because everyone's a life coach. But here's the thing. Right. Yeah, I just ask questions, but sometimes to your point, your people need the answer. So how are you going to share your opinion, advice, and expertise if you've never walked in their shoes? And I'm talking specifically more for a sales leader. And I'm not saying you can't be a great sales leader with, without any sales experience. Yeah. Matter of fact, you can actually in many cases be a better coach because all you have is the question. You right. don't have the answer. Yeah. So it's, uh, uh, you know, getting back to my point is uh, – and this doesn't just revolve around, oh, I'm a great sales person, therefore uh, I could be a great coach. Uh, it's also every area of your life. It's, mm -hmm. you know, what are you modeling personally at home, professionally, self-care, uh, attitude, how you show up yeah. every day. All of those things make an impact. It's not just focusing on that myopic sales process because, as you know, there are so many more um, factors that, that weigh into uh, the success of any organization. So how would it make you feel? Like if you go to a really good coach and you, when you leave that meeting, how are you supposed to be feeling? So if, if, you, if you were my coach and we just finished the coaching session, how would I be feeling? Yeah. Uh, well, a couple of ways. Um, uh, number one, beaten up. <laughs> okay. But in a good way. Okay. Uh, but with that, um, feeling inspired. Feeling hopeful, feeling like there are new possibilities that can be created, feeling like I haven't tried everything yet. Yeah. Um, you sharing with me all my, my internal negative narratives, uh, sharing with me and calling me out on my assumptions that I'm making about myself and others. I mean, right. I lost count how many times I was coaching managers uh, and I coached them on how to coach their salespeople on assumptions. Yeah. And it's amazing how they will they will sit and listen in on a call and after the call they would they would do a debrief with their salesperson and one of the things they would always share in terms of their feedback would be hey uh, did 
did you notice that when the customer said X, how you responded? And typically it sounds like, oh, Mr. Customer, you know, and I'm sure budget is an issue these days. And, you know, I know everyone's struggling. So, you know, let me see what I can do budget wise. And maybe this isn't the best time for you. So how about you take a few days and I'll call you back. I believe that's called sales suicide right there. Uh, yeah. Okay. But, but that's what's happening because of assumptions salespeople and managers are making. So, you know, rounding back to my point, um, you want your people to, you know, be uh, taking care of themselves. So that means you have to take care of yourself mentally, physically, spiritually. Yeah. You want your people to, to be really, really regimented and, and have a solid routine and structure. Well, then you have to be a master of time management. You know, you want your people to be open, authentic, and collaborative. The law of reciprocity always starts with the manager. So, so when you're talking about having been in their shoes, how would you say, what's the difference between coaching and mentoring? Yeah, so what I find, and there's a lot of confusion between the two, because mentoring can include coaching, mm -hmm. and yeah. coaching can include mentoring. Yeah. So let's put the umbrella that the only way anyone can develop uh -huh. is by great coaching. Okay. The only way sales leaders can make sure their salespeople are selling more is by consistent, effective coaching. Yep. So, you know, now, now we're talking about, uh, you know, when you're looking at the, the, the sales coaches and, and you're looking at the impact that they can make with their people, when it comes down to uh, what they can do to make a difference, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things is, is really stop being the chief problem solver and yeah. start leading with questions rather than answers. Uh, and, and that's one thing. And that requires just taking a step back and not being so reactive all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. And, 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 you know, even though I say uh, coaching is the umbrella, uh, yeah. mentoring is more about, okay. Um, so you want to be where I am in my career. You want my position eventually. Okay, great. Um, I, I will be happy to mentor you. I'll be your mentor. Uh -huh. And it's more about uh, sharing advice um, where the mentee would come to their mentor and say, hey, this is where I am in my career. And this right. is my projection of where I want to be. What are your suggestions? You know, mm -hmm. how should I build my personal brand? Uh, what are things that I need to do to develop my skills and myself? That's more mentoring. And they're sharing, hey, this is what worked for me. And that's okay. Right. At the same time, when you're mentoring, you're still going to want to ask the person you're mentoring is, well, what's you, what are your ideas that, that are going to take you to where you want to be? What's, what's the path that you've created and the structure you feel you need to put in place to achieve your career goals? Yeah. So, so, you know, you're still asking coaching questions. Now, conversely, now I'm coaching you. So now I'm, I'm you know, using my framework called the leads framework, you know, learn, enroll, assess, define, support. When you're, when you're getting at uncovering the gap, that coaching moment yeah, right yeah. there, that's that opportunity where managers can then share their experience, mm -hmm. um, th their, their worldly wisdom, uh, and, and to help guide that person collaboratively uh, using, using you know, more of a, a collective wisdom rather than making the conversation uh, more of an interrogation. So, so now it's, it's um, okay, at the end of the conversation, Maybe there's some mentoring there. Maybe the gap is mentoring. Maybe the gap is training. Maybe the gap is assumptions. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's a behavior. Uh, so part of coaching is also knowing when to say, you know what? This does sound like a little bit of a mentoring you know, conversation. W would you like me to share with you how I got yeah, to the yeah. place I've been in my career? You know, so now you coached, 
but you uncover that mentoring opportunity. Yeah, no, that makes sense. If you go to your sales manager and you feel that my sales manager, mm-hmm. I'm hoping for my sales manager to be my coach, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't see them becoming or being my mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think there is a conflict in that or, or that we just look at the person being just a coach or just a mentor? Should we separate the two basically? No, I, I got on the, con- again, I'm just reflecting on another conversation I have today. Uh, as you know, George, uh, companies are uh, infinite, infamously known for over-engineering the simplest things. So, uh, you know, when it comes to mentoring and coaching, uh, we don't need to put it in these boxes. This, uh, yeah. this other sales enablement leader was sharing with me, well, Keith, we need the business coaching here, and then we need the executive coaching here, and then we need the sales coaching here. And no, 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 no. No, it's just coaching. It's one universal model uh, that you don't need to over-engineer. One thing that I that you got me thinking about is if if you find that your manager is not a very good coach, mm-hmm. uh, and you, you go to them to seek out coaching to get better at what you do and get get more out of yourself, what would you suggest the salesperson to do? Get an external coach to coach them, or get an external coach to coach the manager so the manager becomes a better coach? All the above. And I think this is really yeah. where kind of, you know, the last two questions you're asking to me is overarching, uh, you know, what it what it means about setting positive intent and enrolling people in change, which is yeah. needed more than ever. And unfortunately, managers are not very good at enrollment. Usually it's, hey, this is what we're doing. Right. And then the direct report says why. And the manager says, because that's what I was told. And now you need to do it versus, mm-hmm. hey, here's what we're doing. Yeah. Here's why we're doing it. And here's what's in it for you. Right. Now, that's how you create that level of buy-in and alignment, because um, when people um, when you're when a manager's intent is not clear, people default to fear. So why am I bringing this up? Because it comes down to, well, Keith, is it okay to have your manager as your coach and someone else as a mentor? Uh, Is it okay to have both Uh, and then compound that? Can I have three? Can I then have an external coach? Personally, for me, you know, look at any athlete. They have five different coaches, different, right. you know, they have a mindset coach, they have a skill set coach, you know, they have a, they have a physical endurance coach. Uh, so, you know, the, all that coaches. So to me, you can never get enough great coaching. I'm a junkie for coaching. I yeah. love being coached. Uh, it's like candy, you know, and that's when you know you're doing it right. You know, the more you give it, the more you get it and because it feels really good. But no, you know, it's, it's, you and, and getting back to enrollment, it's about setting an intention and expectation. So if you're a salesperson and you're in your mind thinking, well, I love my manager, or maybe I don't love my manager. Right. Uh, yeah. I know I need them to support me, but I really love this other leader and I'd love for them to mentor me. That to me is a conversation that that salesperson needs to initiate and have that level of transparency right. with their manager and let them know, hey, you know, I'm not doing this because I don't trust you. I'm doing this because you share with me one perspective Mm -hmm. and they share with me a different one. And I learned so much from you and I just want to make sure, you know, I'm doing my job as an employee to try to learn as much as I can to be successful. So now the manager doesn't feel like, wait, are you stepping over my shoes? Do you not think I'm a good manager? Because when intentions aren't clear, people go to fear. Yeah. 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 Now the manager's like, oh, I get it now. 
Mm-hmm. And then, of course, many of my clients, uh, you know, well, obviously they have the external coaches and um, they still have, they're still internal coaches. Uh, uh, of course, their manager and peers. I mean, the way you only develop a coaching culture yeah. is, you know, peer to peer coaching has to happen. Uh, of course, a manager to uh, direct report, but also coaching up. You know, yeah. that's when you develop the true coaching, uh, trusting culture. But it's very interesting how you basically are saying uh, that we should be much more proactive as individuals. If you're a salesperson, go find, go ask for coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and don't wait until you've missed three quarters <laughs> yeah. to get that coaching, get it right away. And uh, mm-hmm. likewise for, for any position. I mean, even a CEO needs coaching, right? So it's not that it ends because just you have a bigger title. You still need to expand your, your awareness and your, your capabilities. Well, I, let me echo to your point. You know, if CEOs didn't need coaching, then why is CEO confidence at an all-time low? Yeah. Yeah, I think the whole... Sounds like somebody needs some coaching. <laughs> yes, it does. It does, definitely. And these times, I, I like how you say, if we don't know, if there's uncertainty, we, we go back to fear and we, we make decisions that might not be great. And, and this is happening everywhere now. And, and then you got this pressure to to make make your number. And uh, I guess one question that is forming as I speak <laughs> is if, if this pressure to make the number is you just, that's a pressure you have, right? You, you need to make your number that at least what, that's what the company uh, leadership is telling you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it just trickles down and mm-hmm. everyone is screaming for more activities, more, mm-hmm. more leads, more, more pipeline, et cetera. How can you sort of get the insight or the reflection or just ha- take a step back to say, okay, I need to slow down to speed up? What, what, what would be thoughts you would advise someone to, to enter their mind to get into that mm-hmm. uh, situation? You know, I, I think, you know, one of the things we have to be caught, we have to be careful about getting caught up too much in technology. Now, of course, you know, we couldn't do half the things we're doing now uh, right. remotely yeah. if we didn't have the, the technology. However, at the same time, uh, especially today, you know, trying to do more of the wrong things faster is not getting you close to your goal. And if you haven't changed your sales process over the last year, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're already setting your team up for failure. Yeah. So, you know, what I find is that, you know, it's it's this com- combination of the fear, the pressure to perform, as you said, the, re- the results looking to achieve. But here's the thing, George, mm-hmm. is that people need to understand that when it comes to coaching, you don't coach the result. Right. You coach the process, which mm-hmm. produces the result as a natural byproduct. Yeah. So yeah. managers can run around reminding their people about their goals uh, and they're thinking that they're inspiring them and holding them accountable. But quite frankly, they're just being annoying because <laughs> their people know their goal. They feel their pressure. What yeah. they need is, hey, boss, help me create a process. Help me now. What is my success formula for prospecting? What is my new strategy presenting remotely? How do I now qualify prospects differently in a remote world? You know, that's process. You coach process. You coach who, how, why. The result is the result. It's not going anywhere. Right. So, and that's, that's really the thing that, that if managers make the fundamental shift and even salespeople, you know, that's where the results are going to be living. That's where, that's where they're going to be experiencing exponential gains because I see a lot of companies now crushing. Yeah. 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 
But I mean, we could talk about uh, process forever as well. I think I'm a process guy and I've built a product that is really about making a process come to life. And just as you said, there is no coaching process. I mean, really, there is no sales process in most companies. It's just a drop down list in the CRM with a few stages. And it's basically gut feel where you place your prospects and, and opportunities in that list. There's yeah. very little detailed and granular guidance and coaching throughout that actual sales process. Couldn't so, agree yeah, more. I, I agree with you. That's, I mean, you and, and to, even to build up, you said, you know, if Matt, I mean, it's, it's, it's insanity when you stop and self-reflect is how can managers coach and, and coach to a process yeah. and coach to best practices if those haven't been defined yeah. and the manager has never been trained how to coach them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. now it's like, Oh, I see you have this deal 30% into your, you know, into your sales cycle. What's going on? Why is it stuck? Well, it's stuck in procurement. Oh, it's stuck in procurement. Okay. Uh, you want me to give him a call? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <we're>, <laughs> I mean, that's the quintessential chief problem solver. And, and I just want to make this point because it's, it's super important uh, more than ever today when we're trying to build relationships on a one-dimensional screen is, you know, you, you can't automate relationships. You know, uh, every conversation I'm having with a, a, a new prospect or someone calling me looking for, you know, my sales leadership coaching, I yeah. probably spend the first half hour just talking about personal stuff now. Yeah. Because that's what people want, mm. you know, and, and, yeah. and that's one thing you cannot automate. No, even though people try. Well, they certainly do. They certainly do. <laughs> yeah. So let's get a bit concrete here. Um, if if you, um, I think we've been very, or you have been very concrete when it comes to the individual needing to actually seek coaching, seek out coaching, because mm-hmm. in a lot of sales teams, there just simply is no coaching culture and coaching process. So be the initiator. I, I love how you phrase that. And and I let's again. You reminded me one thing I didn't say is. Seek out coaching from your peers too. Yeah. That's you know, they're a wealth of information. Yeah. And I don't care where you live. doesn't matter what culture, country you live in, uh, organization or industry. But when you go to anyone and you say, hey, I could really use your help. Mm-hmm. I don't know one human being on this planet that would say no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Completely agree. We can learn a lot from each other. And I think in, it, it's in, in those sessions, if you're the manager or the leader, that's where you also see which people have sort of the coaching mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Who actually engage and ask those coaching type questions. And those would be great candidates to, to promote to managers yeah. instead of just the person who had the, the highest uh, number, right? Because oh, yeah. they might have completely different driving motivation factors. Oh, yeah. Super interesting. And um, so, so uh, what would you advise a manager then um, to do? Like w- what, what are concrete steps a manager to do to initiate this coaching culture that we mm. both seem to think is very important? So um, it, you know, to me, it's, it's a non-negotiable now. You know, it's, it's yeah. really easy for companies to put coaching aside when things are going well, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when things are going tough and you're struggling, that is an example that you do not have any coaching foundation in place. Right. But that's when every company and every person's character is tested, right? Yeah. And, and this is when we're tested, not on, not on bad days, 
excuse me, not on good days, but on bad days. Yeah. So, so what, what can managers do or what can an organization do to start creating a coaching culture? That's do we, how many hours do we have, George? That's a massive question, right? However, because, right. Cause you think about that and it's like, how do I change my culture to a result driven from result driven fear-based to people driven, process driven, coaching driven? That um, feels like turning a battleship. Mm-hmm. So what I suggest to managers uh, is don't wait for the organization to change because again, you might be waiting your entire career. Yeah. Yeah. However, managers, here's the good news. Uh-huh. You can create a subculture on your team. Right. Because every single day, your direct reports, your employees, they're coming to you. They're calling you, they're IMing you, they're texting you. All right. You're having yeah. meetings with them one-on-ones. Therefore, you are the culture. Mm. So what's the first step uh, yeah, a company can do? The first step is what? What can you do, Mr. and Mrs. Manager? What can you do, Mr. and Mrs. Sales Leader, to, yeah. to, to step up your game, look in the mirror and say, when was the last time I read a book? When was the last time I actually was challenged to grow? When was the last thing I actually learned? When was the last thing I actually received the support and good coaching? I'm going to tell you right now, George, there's only a few people out there listening right now that can actually say, hmm, it's, uh, wow, well, yeah, I got it yesterday. No, yeah. it's, 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 it's often never. So, so concrete wise, number one, managers, it all starts with setting intentions. Uh, and of course, you being clear that, that you have to have either a coach or go through some training. Okay. You don't wake up and say you're a coach. It doesn't work that way. Otherwise, I don't wake up tomorrow and say I'm an astronaut. It doesn't work that way. All right. Yep. So, so number one, the presupposition, you have a strong coaching baseline. Number two, enroll your entire team. Let them know positive change is coming. Mm-hmm. Let them know you'll be setting an appointment, a one-on-one with each of them to talk about coaching, to yep. align coaching around their goals, to create an alignment of what even coaching is so yep. that both the coach and the coachee are clear that it's a benefit and that it's not remedial which is what many companies have positioned it as. And then they are setting expectations around the coaching from there. It's, it's, it's just continuing building that, 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 that trust uh, and the language of coaching in every conversation, both, you know, in, in impromptu coaching and and scheduled coaching. So I I would do would like to share just one, one strategy managers, sales managers can use right now today. I call it the 60 second sales coach. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I'm from New York and I, I talk pretty quick. I could probably even deliver this in 30 seconds. So here it goes. Yep. Managers, uh, I, I know you're under pressure here. Your salespeople are calling you. They're looking for your help. All right. We, we viscerally react and give the answer. And we know we can't do that. We can't scale dependency. Mm-hmm. So take a step back. Okay. This is your defining moment. Rather than lead with an answer, just lead with a question. And here's the statement. Hey, George, thanks for coming to me. I appreciate it. And I'm, of course, I'm happy to share my ideas with you. However, you're much closer to this situation than I am. And I trust you and I trust your judgment. So what's your opinion on how to move forward and achieve the results you want? Right. I think that was less than a minute, right, that George? Yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Managers, you cannot tell me you don't have time to coach. If you have time to give an answer, you have time to coach. Okay, you can use that all day long. It it sets the precedent. It builds the trust. I trust you. I trust your judgment. That builds engagement. That builds confidence. Then asking for their opinion, you're not asking for a solution. You're not asking for an answer. 
you're asking for an opinion. Coaching is a language. Yeah. They can't c- come to you and say, I don't know. Right. You don't know your opinion. Everyone mm-hmm. has an opinion. Okay. Yes. They're not judged. They're not right or wrong. But right. from there, and this is always the second question managers ask me is, okay, Keith, great. I asked that question and, and they come up with a, a really great solution and great. They act on it. But what happens if their solution isn't fully baked? Yeah. yeah. Well, real simple. Uh, you don't say, how long have you been doing this job? No, you'll kill trust right there. Yeah. What you do say is, hey, uh, George, you know what? I appreciate you sharing your ideas with me. Mm-hmm. How about we we take some time to walk through your ideas and solutions together uh, and make sure that it achieves the results that you want? Right. So now it becomes a collaboration, not an interrogation. Nice. That's a nice, nice little framework right there. <laughs> Again, managers, you can't tell me you don't have time to use that. Yeah. When you're saying these things, I'm 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 thinking about the the sort of opposite um, uh, or the conflict, I guess, between holding people accountable to the number mm-hmm. and coaching them on a more human level. How, mm-hmm. how do you how do you coach someone who's feeling that sort of conflict? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm confused. Uh, if you're not human, what are you? Uh, now, I know I, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say I'm a recovering perfectionist and control freak, which is why I get along with leaders so well. Uh, and by the way, I could point to every leader on this call and say, you guys are all perfectionist control freaks, so don't try to hide. And if you think that's not getting in the way of your coaching, you're wrong. Yeah. You're either trying to be perfect or you're trying to be human. Choose. Mm-hmm. Okay. And right now the dominant sales and leadership strategy is care. Okay. If you're not demonstrating that you're not giving your people and your customers what you need. One thing that I find interesting is the uh, sort of a conflict between uh, coaching and holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your take on that, Keith? Sure. I, I, managers are asking themselves the wrong questions. Managers will continually ask themselves, What do I need to do to hold my people accountable? Uh What do I need to do to motivate them? What do I need to do to inspire them to go above and beyond what they've done today? Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't want to give them too much rope to hang themselves, but I also don't want to micromanage them. So the managers sit there struggling uh, with how to hold people accountable. And as I said before, Mr. or Mrs. Manager, you're asking the wrong person. Ask your people And I'll give you two simple questions where you are now empowering people to hold themselves accountable. All right. So now you're never the bad guy. Here we are, George. Here we go. Um, Mr. or Mrs. Uh, uh, Direct Report, how can I hold you accountable or how can I be your accountability partner in a way that will sound supportive and not negative or feel like I'm micromanaging you? Okay. Second question, Mr. or Mrs. Direct Report, how do you want me to follow up with you if you don't honor the commitments you make? How would you like me to bring this up? Nice. Those are two things that managers struggle with every day, hours, they anguish over how to do this. It's going to be such a difficult conversation. Yeah. Not if you're coaching them because people believe what they say, but resist what they hear. They set the rules, they own it, you're just supporting them. That's, those are two fantastic questions. Uh, If that's the only takeaway the listeners get from this episode, (laughs) 
that's worth a lot. <laughs> Great. All right, so everyone, don't watch the rest of it. Just just hone in on this part. Just keep this part. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. I mean, that's beautiful. And, and I think, I mean, with your experience and working with this for so long, the value of coming to to that conclusion to phrase those two questions, right? I think that's beautiful. It's just fascinating. Great. Super. This has been fascinating, Keith. Uh, what will what should people do if they want to contact you, learn more, maybe hire hire you to build this fantastic coaching culture? Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, KeithRosen.com, uh, ProfitBuilders.com. Uh, make sure we're connected on LinkedIn, okay, and certainly Twitter. I always share unique content there. I know George knows that. <laughs> we uh, certainly interact there. And uh, yeah, I actually have a free, a free course I put out there recently, George. Um, oh, nice. uh, just because I, I felt with all the people that are struggling, you know, it goes back to what you were saying. If managers and salespeople aren't getting what they need, then I feel it's, it's you know, my commitment unconditionally where my core value is to make an impact to share that. So I created a course uh, how how managers coach salespeople through a pandemic, it's on Udemy. So they can grab it for free. And if, if they're interested, they can always email me at keithr at keithrosen.com. Nice. Super. So I'll see you on social media, I guess. I guess so. I'll see you there. Uh, greetings all the way from New York. Hopefully I'll be on a plane visiting you one of these days, George. I hope so. Stalking, Stockholm is awaiting you. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. I, I never thought I'd say it, but I can't wait to be back in an airport. Yeah, see you soon. All right, take care.